Motion that you're doing right. <laughs> Threaten me with a good time. I'm holding the mic up to my yeah. mouth. <laughs> um, um, greetings, uh-huh. listeners. Mm. JP's being nasty. It's just nasty. It's Sunday. Welcome to another episode of the Paid in Full podcast. We are your hosts, JP and Mia, on the mics. It's been a little while since we've been around, but we're um, surviving right now. <laughs> Not really. Well, we're going to go back to thriving mode, but right now we were uh, taking some time to survive mm-hmm. through our uh, last couple of weeks, and we are making it, y'all. So, happy to be here. Happy to be alive. Happy to be joyful. Lots and lots of things have happened in the last few weeks that we're processing and um, trying to traverse mentally. So nothing too devastating, but enough to be like, hmm, what is going on around here? So now that we're on the back end of the uh, the events in our lives, we're back to doing a fresh episode. So how are you, babe? I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. Um just preparing to try to spend some time with y'all this week as much as I can. Yay. It's spring break. Pew, 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 pew. We have, we have effects now. I know, but I want the air horn. One, four, applause, two, four, something. <laughs> one, two, five. Stop being, stop being cheap. I like the, I like the air horn. All right. So, yes, yeah, it's spring break and we are um, enjoying it so far. So, JP is taking off the week, most of the week, to to be with his babies. So we're excited to have dad home. So we're gonna do dad some home. <laughs> dad home home. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do some fun things with the kids. So so here we are. Um, Lord, what number are we on, babe? Twenty seven. Uh yeah. And today's topic. Um, Is going to be about loss in terms of loss as in grief and how um, different types of grief can um, what they can look like in a relationship. And of course, how those things can sort of culminate and impact. So we're going to try not to make it so heavy, of course, because this can be a topic that can um, trigger make you sad, uh, not as joyful as the ones we've had in the past, but we did want to take time to uh, take a look at some different types of grief because we are experiencing several different types currently in our lives. And um, so we wanted to just take the time and let people know and educate everyone on these types and what they look like and how they can um, sort of manifest in the house 
or in the apartment or in the the job, right? Yeah, so this is technically episode 26.5. 26.5. Look at us with the point fives. Well, all right. Thank you, sir, for that 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 note. Fact check cuz you be lying. Mm, I don't. I just don't know sometimes. So, we're going to start off our um episode and I guess sort of do some light reflection on losses that we've experienced so far in our relationship. As many listeners already know, JP and I are are in our 17th year of life together, which is a, you know, a blessing in itself. Um of course, with that blessing has come a um several episodes or several um I guess moments of real life kind of slapping in the face. And so we want to, you know, maybe do some reflection on the things that we've sort of overcome and are still overcoming, honestly, in terms of loss. I do want to take a moment to say if you are experiencing a loss right now, this may or may not be the best episode because it may, we don't want to be a source of trigger or we wouldn't want to be a source of a Sort of taking you down a dark place. So I disagree. I think you disagree. That, I things think can be this healthy. Could potentially help somebody because okay. you, you get this get the sense that you are not alone. Yeah, and other people feel have the same feeling as you. So yeah, yeah. even if it's fresh, even if it's fresh. Okay, I just worry about my listeners. That that be that's the grief. Sometimes some people just may feel as if they're alone. Mm-hmm. There's, that's a type of grief for that. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, so our big one, I guess we'll just kind of like, it's no real easy way to kind of dive into it is um, talking about my um, mommy-in-law, mommy-in-love um, that we lost shortly after Drew, our son, was born. Um. So 2013. Yes, it was August. Drew was born in June. Um and mama mama left in August. Um 2013 this is crazy. Think about the year because I know you've said in the past that it was a happy year but it was also a, a really rough year. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's so long ago thinking that it's 2020 right now. So, but it's still like fresh. 2022. I'm sorry. What did I said 2020. 2020. Ooh, okay, help me out, babe. Um, even more. The, yeah, get past the pandemic. It's over, man. Uh, it's, it's not, but it's not. But they're trying to trying to tell us that it's over. Um, it's still very, very fresh. Um, we had had so many. She had had so many little, I guess, health crises. Is that what we would call them going on up into that point? Yeah, it was. She was diabetic, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just with that comes a whole host of things that, you know, you got to kind of look out for and stay ahead of. And when you, you know, you kind of if you don't get ahead of those things, they just kind of roll up into one. So um, I think the blessing for us and I don't want to, you know, not necessarily call it a blessing, but this is like the best word I can come up with in losing my mother in law was knowing that she was that she went in her sleep. And I think that's always the way most people want to go is we don't want people to or anyone we love to suffer. We don't want to watch them go through, you know, watching them literally wilt away 
and mama went you know we hope peacefully in her sleep you know we don't we want we don't want to hope that she fought to stay here and they were like no no come on you got to come on and she was you know kicking and screaming basically so we like to think that she went you know willingly to her mansion so yeah she she went she, it was it was peaceful in her sleep um she was in good spirits cuz like i said she passed on that um august the 18th um which mm-hmm. was a sunday i had just spoke with her that friday friday yep thought yeah. on friday and we were just yep going about everything so there was no there weren't any signs that anything was wrong yeah yeah so that's that was that was a rough one um of course we had a baby and we were planning to bring Drew up to see her, of course, because she, you know, and he was still under the three month mark. And we were like, OK, we're just going to kind of wait till he's three months and he's in the clear and had all his, his immunizations so that he could travel to go see her. Um, but of course, I know that she's seen him. So I'm not like, oh, man, you know, he didn't get to see her in the physical form um, before she left. But, you know, we carry her around a lot. So we know she is a. Uh, uh, special ordered, especially this little one here. She's special ordered, Jai. So, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I, I carry that more, yeah, more than her actually passing. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think, like I said, I, I knew, I do know that she was, she was at peace when when it happened. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with, I'm at peace with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm more upset about her not being able to meet Drew. And um, <clears throat> I carry more more weight with the loss of with the loss of my cousin. Damn, um, yeah, yeah, because um, my my mom lived a pretty 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 full life. Um, she again she went she went peacefully peacefully in her sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what more could you ask for like yeah. that? Like I said, going out clear minded and mm-hmm. in your sleep. Like this is what um, I need. Yeah, yeah. and with, with my cousin, I carry that. Um, more so because of how how he left. He <clears throat> he was murdered. Um, and then, like I said, I'm also I'm also tied to that. Um, with the with the after effects of all that. Mm-hmm. So I I dream more about that mm-hmm. and have hang ups about that than than the, the passing of my mother. Yeah, and he was young. Yeah, and that's and another he, thing. He was young. He was young. And so when we, you know, I'm, I'm sure we have listeners out there who have lost cousins, family members, if any, you know, sudden, the sudden, sudden loss, I think cuts very deeply than, um, you know, any other type for me, even if it's sudden as in going to sleep and not waking up, you know, sudden as in getting shot. But, you know, when you're young, it's you, you we don't think of ourselves as having to prepare to leave when we're in our 20s you know so um I never I didn't get to meet him it was literally the beginning of um Johnny and our relation our relationship and so um I always you know Johnny revered his cousin very much and talked about him a lot and that's that's my dog and everything but we were still so young in our relationship it was my first best friend fresh yeah so, I've, so I didn't I've get to meet him, him since yet. I was like y'all have a little four, like four or five so. yeah yeah, so we um, you know, I yeah, like to right. think that I met him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm good. Listening. I'm good. Stay I'm holding. It. I'm holding it together. Um, so yeah, but you know, 
it's uh those are the the physical the big ones and of course we've lost other family members you know my great grandparents here in uh, Georgia who I didn't know that long they're on a side of the family that we didn't get to meet until I was um in college almost in college basically so I didn't get to have them a long time but um my great grandfather was 90 in his 90s, I want to say 91, 92, somewhere in there. He passed away in September of 2011. And then my great grandma was, I think, 89 or so. She passed in December. So they were months apart. Um, very vibrant, you know, didn't look their age at all. They looked decades younger. Um, still driving, doing everything that you, you know, wouldn't think a 90 year old, you know, couple would be doing. They still were. And so that's, you know, a loss that we had Um, in addition to, you know, aunts, cousins um, on both sides, both me and Johnny have experienced those. So but those those two top ones, they're they're a little tough. You know, it's still tough. Sometimes I will um, have random dreams of my mom in law. And I'm like, oh, yes, she came to see me. And I get so excited. I'm like, I knew that was her. I knew she was going to come and see me. So. I relish in those. And I know that um, all of our conversations that we had, I was like, yeah, I'm doing what she w- wanted me to do. So because, of course, you know, she's a, another mommy. So so that's how that goes. Those are the um, the I don't want to say standard type of losses, but they're the traumatic ones. The traumatic, traumatic losses is when we lose family and friends. And I even gone on friends, man, because we, you know. J JP has lost many friends over time. Many I'm, friends. I've lost my three best friends before mm-hmm. the age of twenty four. All of them. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. And not to any one particular thing. You know, people always think, "Oh, it was gun violence." It's not. All of them don't always fall in that category. Um, just you know, different circumstances for for different different folks. So, and I haven't had many close friends who I've lost. I've heard of people who I went to school with who have passed away. Um, but you know, nothing like that. So, so yeah, so that's the, you know, the heavy things we're going to kind of try to hop off these a little bit. What I really want to get into is not only just the traumatic loss, cause that's a big giant category in itself, but the fact that there are seven other types of grief in a relationship that can impact it. And I, I like kind of hopped onto these really quickly and I was like, oh, 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 oh. And you don't think of these different types of losses necessarily as grief per se, but name, they name impact them you. and then come back around to it. Okay, okay, I can do that. So the different types of losses, let's see if I can kind of get them all in one spot here. I have my little papers because, of course, uh, research extraordinaire over here. Um, so here are the seven types. There's non-death loss. There are secondary loss. There's something called secondary loss. Ambiguous loss. There's cumulative loss. Non-finite loss. And that's me. Anticipatory grief. Mm, we'll get into that a little bit. And then the last one is disenfranchised grief. 
Okay, so loss and grief, we're going to use these synonymously, y'all, which means that if I sometimes I'll say loss, sometimes I'll say grief, it's the same thing. Okay, just letting y'all know, like, wait, what are we talking about right now? So loss, grief, as in something has happened in your existence right now that has caused some type of existential change in your in your life. Right. So here we go. Um, Let's see what I want to kind of start at. Um, so right now we're all living through a series of crises. All right. Whether you are black, white, purple, blue, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, we're all living through different ones. Right. Um, we're having a human experience. And I like to think that, of course, we know that we are full of energy as a human person and our energy is trapped inside our human bodies. Right. Human existence. So we're all existing on a certain type of plane until it's time for us to be released and to move into the next, you know, the next scheme basically of our, um, of our energy. So all of our circumstances are widely varied. Everyone is having some type of, are sometimes impacted in some way by the pandemic by societal changes, by political things, by social social justice and injustice, by sickness, health, by, you know, being parents, non-parents. So, you know, all of those things are a given, right? So we won't kind of touch on those too much. We're going to just really focus in on these different types of grief and see what type of experience JP and I have had with them. So let's start with the first one. The first one, and I like immediately thought of college with this for whatever reason. Um, the first one is called a non-deaf loss. Non-deaf. So they define it. And let me see. My source here, y'all, is an article called Seven Types of Grief You Should Know Right Now by Litza Williams. Okay, so just following up psychology. All right. A non-deaf loss has to do with a person grieving the loss of anything significant to their physical, psychological, spiritual, and interpersonal life. So what happens with a non-deaf loss is that there is often something that has triggered a... Okay, hold on, let me see. I'm reading and and talking at the same time. Mm -hmm. Something that's triggered a change in someone's daily functioning, whether it's like a physical abnormality or something psychological where a griever often views their lives in terms of before the loss and after the loss. Mm -hmm. So for some people it's significant enough to, they have to process it. They have to kind of deal with it and then they can manage it and go forward. For some people it can be devastating and life altering. I'll give you a couple of examples. Weight loss, right? Some people go through um, a long time, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Um, And then some people have a um, weight loss type of surgery where now suddenly you've lost weight, but mentally you're still that person that you used to be. I still slightly to some degree, I'm still that person. Um, I was about almost 70 pounds heavier than I am right now when I got married to JP. And so at that time I was pushing 200 pounds, knowingly pushing 200. 
And I went on a series of weight loss, like publicized, popular weight loss programs and have since been able to keep off um, 60 pounds. Yeah, man. I've kept off 60 since 2010 when we got married. I, but I don't. (laughs) Some days I'm like, okay, hey girl. A lot of the times though, I'm still like insecure. And it's, they just say it's part of that. It's that part of your brain where it's like, like I call her fat Mia, like fat Mia comes out. And I'm like, okay, girl, look. And I'll be like pinching at my skin and like, oh, this is so, you know, doing the, I don't want to say it's a woman thing. I think men do it to to some degree, but like some parts of my brain are still like thinking that I'm bigger because I wear JP's clothes. Like like on what? Like in white girls. And white girls. When they was trying on the clothes. White chicks. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. Yeah. She was psycho. She was, (laughs) she was like really, really bad. Um, but yeah, but I like She's I still say you like Sally. Say you like Sally. Um, I'm not that bad, <laughs> but like sometimes I'll buy clothes. I know I'm a medium. I don't know why I pick up the large. I just do. I don't know. Like my brain, I'm like, hey, I can fit this, and then it's like, I'm like, girl, you can't fit this. It's just as big, and I got to take it back. So it's just, it's a mind thing. But some people, they go through that. Like that's a, that's a non-death loss because you've lost the sense of who you used to be. Even though it's a positive change, you're still grieving. Okay, that person needs to be gone. That person is gone forever, hopefully. But I'm still grieving the loss of that person because that, you know, food becomes an identity when you have, <clears throat> some people have eating disorders and that kind of thing. Food becomes an identity. So... So yeah, so, um, that's it for you. A non-deaf loss. Mm-hmm. I think friendships, friendships too. Because I mean, I've, I've met so many people over time, and I have I've had friends who I didn't want to, I didn't ever think I would lose. College friends, um, really close ones. It just it's just sort of fizzled. Like I guess the season just came to an end, and just. Just suddenly we weren't talking anymore and out of the blue. And I'm like, man, I still grieve the loss of that because um, I thought I thought I found the, the one friend who specifically I'm talking about. I thought I had found her the other day. Um, turned out not to be her. But I think I got excited that I thought it was her on the screen. And it wasn't because she has the exact same name. It was a totally different lady. But I was like, oh, look, there's my why friend. Don't and make, why don't you make the effort to reach out to her? I don't know where she is. She's not on social media. It's called, so, it's called Google. Can, I know. If she has a very search. common name, so it's going to take some Googling. It's going to take some digging. Well, but that friend, want, I, I just... find your friend, you put forth. I know. Place. Man, I think I'm scared. I'm scared of rejection. That's what it is. I'm scared of the rejection. I'm scared of her being like, you know, bitch, got my face. <laughs> and I'll be like, my best friend. So I don't know. I got to kind of work my way through that. You know, and that's life. So that's a non-death loss that I grieve every now and then. I got you. So what you got, babe? Um, for, mine was a a gift and a curse at the same time. Okay. Um, going back to the 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 loss the loss of my vision. Oh man! Um, so with the, with that, mm. um, it it sucked that that it happened, but mm-hmm. it gave me. It gave me pause on where where I was going and what I was doing in my life at the time, and mm-hmm. basically God told me to sit my ass down somewhere. 
That's what he do. Um, and figure it out because the path that I was going wasn't 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 the path that he wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how I have to look at it. While it sucked, um, I came out of it uh, ten times better, better man for it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it for me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a big one. I think I think that moment, yeah, not really necessarily changed the trajectory of your life, but when you put it that way, it was kind of like a I said you get over here. Like he, it was almost as if God had to get your attention because you were ignoring him. And he was like, I, this is not what you're supposed to be on. I'm going to force you over now because you're not listening. You a little wildy little lamb right now. You're off the path. So he had to kind of push you back onto it. And that happens, right? We we think we know. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm going to show you who. I'm going to show you in control of this thing. So, yeah, you were trying to drive your own bus. He said, no, no, I'm driving. So, And you have. You've, you know, I came in at the tail. I came in at the end of it. You know, at the end of it, of the whole, your whole journey through that. So, you know, I can imagine, you know, where you've been just based on who you are right now. So, yeah. That's a good one. What else we got in terms of non-death? I don't think we, hmm. I don't know. Those are big, significant ones. Oh, we can always I mean, go back to it. So mm-hmm, just okay. keep, keep it pushing. I got you. Let's see. Second type of grief or loss here is called secondary loss. And it is exactly how it sounds. Um, It comes at the tail end usually of traumatic loss, right? Those losses like kind of traditional when we think of loss and grief, what we think traditionally. Mm -hmm. What happens is it feels like the main type of grief, that that traumatic grief moment or that traumatic loss kicks off a string of secondary losses and they keep happening and happening. It's like a ripple effect. So they said things happen related to finances. Finances get shot, right? Friends leave you. Um, Something happens in the community. Your worldview changes. Your sense of self changes. Your faith in God changes. It's called, there is a ripple effect of subsequent losses for that grieving person. So the one piece of traumatic loss can then shoot off into all the other areas of your life. And you feel like you're just, everything is falling on you at one time. So that's what secondary loss is. It's just a ripple and a fracture in every other area of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's honestly society as a whole. Yeah. Um, And especially I would say in the, in the black, in the black community, um, just the, just the way that, that things are now, mm-hmm. um, there are, to put it into context that you, we could say the death of gra- um, of grandmothers, big mm-hmm. mama. Yeah. Big mom in the house. Mm-hmm. 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 Big mom in the family. Cause it, that when, when big, when big mama died, basically you could, the, the family kind of, kind of straight. She was kind of a, she, she would be kind of the glue. Mm-hmm. Of of everything, and once she passed, you could everything became strength within the family. Yeah. Um, and also in the way that times are going now, there is there are no, no more there yeah. are no more big mamas. There's no more big mamas. Yeah. Um, we have the the glam moms and all and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it's kind of get get it how you live. Yeah. So it's with that. So there's like no there's mm-hmm. no more villages. Mm-hmm. 
anymore. Right. And we're grappling to something, right? We're trying to, some of us are trying to still find a village because we're out here by ourselves and we still need the backing of the village. But everybody now is so far away from each other. Like so many families have just dispersed and or we don't get along when we when we together, mm-hmm. right? We just I ain't, I don't mess with you, I don't fuck with you no more. Like it is what it is. That's a so, um, <laughs> but it's the truth. Like it just kind of happens, and so we see a lot of that ripple, that fracture in families, like you said, when you know the the glue of the family leaves, or and everybody or it's not there from the, from the get go. Right. It was just you know maybe a vision. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And then you feel like everything in your life is shy. I might as well leave. Like, I don't even want to be here anymore because now, you know, you lose your job. I can't find a job because you're grieving. Right. And so they don't want to deal with me at work. If I ain't got no money, I can't pay my bills. If I can't pay my bills and I'm losing my man, he going to leave me. And I'm all my friends. I can't go out. You know, that whole ripple, it, it can feel like everything is is up against you in the world. But please do know that if you are going through this type of grief or this loss, y'all, that it is it is it's supposed to feel that way. That's why it's a loss. It's number two on the list. So you're not by yourself. Like the other people, we have all kind of felt this at different levels at different times. So um, that's good. That big mama reference is, yeah. Uh, third one, ambiguous loss. Ambiguous is one of those words I actually had to like recall to remember if I even knew what it meant. <laughs> I was like, wait, do I know break what ambiguous it down for, means? Break it down for me. I've so, mm-hmm. I'm not scholarly like that. <laughs> I got you. Here's the, 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 the sort of definition. Ambiguous loss happens when you're grieving someone who is still alive. Right. Um, it happens when something or someone profoundly changes or disappears. And so they say that the person who is experiencing this type of grief feels torn between the hope that eventually they'll come back and things will be normal or the looming sense of your life as you knew it with that person is fading, 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 fading. Right. So someone or something that, you know, are psychologically absent. And they say because of maybe something like dementia, substance abuse, traumatic brain injury, that sort of thing. So they may be still physically present, but psychologically absent or someone we can't physically be with. Like if your spouse per se is having to live in another state because they have another job, but you're, you're in Georgia, they're in California. You can't physically be with them, but you're grieving the times where you can both be in the same place at the same time. So as someone who's still alive and they're either psychologically absent or they are, you can't physically be with them at the, at the moment right now. And you're hoping, you know, you have that, that scheme that is, I'm hoping that things will come out and be good. But we also know that what we used to have is fading away and you're kind of stuck in between in that little purgatory area. So, so what if you feel nothing? What if you feel nothing? Well, you know what I'm thinking about? If you've, if you feel nothing, you're probably past the point that, you know, it's, there's no hope. I think that you're just past the point where everything's kind of faded and it's faded away. You still have memories, I think, of that person, but you know, it's never going to be like it was. And you're just embracing it now, I think. What if it never was? Well, then I don't think it's a grief then. 
if you don't feel if I feel as if you, you don't feel anything for that person any longer, then it's not a grief. It's just this is what it is now. You've kind of reinvented how you feel about that person. I don't know. Um, I think that's okay that you, if you've gotten past any type of loss, especially if you've been dealing with it for a long time. Like if you've been going through this like most of your life, you wouldn't feel grief per se because it's been decades. Okay. But yeah, to give, to give <laughs> okay. some personal context for it, um, mm-hmm. more so, I would, it would be more so for my, my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because they were they again, they're, they're older than me. So mm-hmm. maybe they had better, better memories than I did, but mm-hmm. I, I, I would tie to, to, to my father. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I haven't, I haven't talked to him in um, four years. It's been four, four years since I, since I talked to him and mm-hmm. it's been, it was sporadic before that. Like I said, my yeah. mom, my mom passed in 2013. So mm-hmm. over the course of the last going on nine years, I may yeah. have talked to him. It's total. Ten. I'd say under 10 times. Mm-hmm. I would say that too. Under 10 times. Um, and probably only seen him physically three times. I just want to say, because I think the last time we saw him, Drew was a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to process that because mm-hmm. um I don't know if it's not necessarily it's not it's not a grief. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't I haven't I haven't given up hope. Um cuz like I said, it 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 is what it is as far as the relationship that we had as far as the relationship that we have have. Mm-hmm. But um I'm not closing I'm not closing the door on it. Mm-hmm. Um I just I have a realistic acceptance, e- acceptance of, mm-hmm. of what it, what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, for, for my brothers and sisters, they, they may, they may have a grief of it because they may have had better earlier memories than I did myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why, okay. that's why I ask. Cause I, I get it. But for me personally, I feel nothing. I feel, yeah. Well, I think a while ago you said something like you don't miss what you didn't have. Right. I, I, I can't put into. Is it not really that? Because I said if you if you don't have, I mean, you have memories, but it's not like burnt. They're not like core memories because you know those core memories are the wings that stick with you from when you were younger. You know, so yeah, I I, I came at a different time. So yeah, so and they might have the the more core memories. Yeah, the happy core memories. Yeah. So that's okay though. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think a lot of people go through situations or series of, you know, I know what it is and it is what it is. But right now in my life, this is where I am. This is where they are. Maybe one day we can reconcile, maybe not. But right now I don't feel one way or the other. Right. And I think that's what you're sort of saying. You are kind of just, is it just realistically in a, in a gray area? And But you're moving forward. It's not devastating to you. It's not like yeah, keeping it's, it's, you from going forward. It's you know? nothing that's going to cause me to walk up on a stage and slap the shit out of somebody. Right. <laughs> Right. So there you go. Hey. Okay. It is what it is. So you, I'm with you, babe. All right. Um, <laughs> what is going on out this world, y'all? Urban you.
Excuse me. Please contact the Paid in Full podcast and share your story. Uh, Exercise those demons. Paid in Full podcast is not responsible for any DMs or flash tires. Oh man! Quick commercial break, y'all. And we're back. Mm Hmm. Thank you for the quick commercial, JP. Um, that'll be a whole other podcast in itself. I don't think we have anything new to add to the conversation of the um, the Oscar slap heard around the world. So we're just gonna keep going forward with that. Um, so back to our, our conversation, please, Father God. Um, number four types of grief. So we've discussed um, non death loss, which JP had a great example for that. Secondary losses are the ones that sort of occur after the big traumatic loss. When it feels like everything in life is just kind of crashing down altogether. And then we have ambiguous loss. Um, ambiguous is like not one way or the other. So um, these are when you are sort of trapped in between um, someone focusing on the fact that someone can, you can have hope that something or someone will come back to you, but also um, also know that what you knew from the past is not the same. So someone who is psychologically absent or physically unable to be with you at the time. So the fourth type of grief, and I'm going to take off my glasses because my eyes are dry, dude. No, you can't see. I know. That's all right. I'm going to fall out this chair. That's not ask her to read anything. Mm, That's fine. I'm going to just hold it up really close. A, B, C, D. (laughs) The fourth type is accumulative loss. You're not going to do that. (laughs) cumulative loss cumulative loss refers to suffering a new loss before you have the chance to grieve a first loss this ladies and gentlemen is pandemic in a nutshell oh my god i have heard so many stories from people i know every day who have lost somebody in their family and then here they come two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, they lose somebody else and then somebody else and then somebody else. And it's like, damn it. Look, hey, how much more can I take? Like, I literally have a friend at work right now who lost her brother in January and lost some lost another family member literally Friday before we left for spring break. And I was in the room with her when she got the call and she was like, I'm still grieving why can't I grieve one at a time? Why are these like overlapping losses happening? And I feel so much for my friend because she had to kind of keep it together at school. So um, that's what that's what we went through. Yeah, um, we did. We had a cumulative. My grandmother passed. Um, we went mm-hmm. up there um, to go to the funeral. And then while we were going to the funeral, we got news that my sister-in-law said, my sister-in-law had passed. So yep. in a matter of 14 days, I had to, we had to travel like 1400 miles. miles. Yep. We had to go back and do two funerals back to back. Yep. For two separate, whole two different lives, two totally different situations. And then your aunt, your aunt and uncle most, most recently. Yep. Yep. I lost my aunt and uncle 11 days apart. 
uh, last year. Almost, it's just just just, ago, just over a year. It's been over a year. Yeah, March. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I'm, 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 okay. <laughs> no, your face. I was like, no, it's okay. I got you. Um, and here's the thing about cumulative loss, y'all. Um, it's usually it's the it's noted as a cumulative loss because w- when people suffer multiple losses in quick su- succession. Ooh, I can't talk, y'all. But in all honesty, can't talk, can't see. I know nothing. You like my glasses off. Um, the 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 reality of it is when you lose someone, you know those traumatic losses. Your um, your grief is never done, right? You can't grieve someone that you loved who was here, they were just alive, and now they're not. And then you just say, okay, I'm going to take this time, and I'm going to take three months, and then I'm going to be done. Your grief is never finished, right? So they say here, and that I, you know, I believe in this, that um, and some amount of cumulative loss or cumulative grief is almost always a given for any singular grief that you experience. So me losing an aunt and uncle 11 days apart and me losing, you know, another family member soon, you know, because I'm, I'm experiencing potentially um, other losses in the near future, unfortunately. But um, those are going to be cumulative because... It's, it's, I'm not finished grieving my aunt and uncle, right? You never finished grieving. I'm not finished grieving my mother-in-law. I'm not finished grieving, um, you know, my, my husband's best friend who I never met. I, I haven't finished grieving for them. But of course, I can't stop grieving in order to start grieving for someone else. So cumulative griefs, griefs are, you know, sort of layering on. But they, I think where it becomes particularly difficult is when they happen closer together when you have a six-month period where you lose three or four family members and people did this and are still living this because of the pandemic when COVID was like really ramped up people were losing their family members left and right and people were also not given a chance to properly grieve because they couldn't have funerals and wakes and services and that's you know that's another type of grief I'm going to touch into in a second but it, it got it got really, really bad for a lot of us, you know, earthlings, essentially humans. It's, it's sort of what brought us together because we were, you know, empathy, but it still got really bad for a lot of people. Some people just couldn't take it, you know. So um, here's the one thing about avoidance, because they did talk about avoidance with this one, because what often happens is that we do something that to the effect of we just keep going. Right. And it's, it's avoidance. And it says that avoidance, it looks like avoidance can be a really bad thing, but it's literally our physiological way of functioning in the short term. So it being able to just avoid it, make it look like we're just living our lives. We OK. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I lost three family members. I'm fine. I'm fine. And everybody's like, no, you not fine. I'm just fine, y'all. Um, but what happens is like your body makes it forces you to be adaptive to what's going on. And that's why some people, before they actually like blow up grief, like that whole loud, I guess you would call it just kind of explosion of your grief. That's why it looks like people are kind of just maintaining before that actually happens, because it's our body's way of trying to keep us functioning day to day when we're overloaded with multiple loss. So it's our body's way of saying, okay, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, let me pause for a second. Let's pretend everything is okay for right now, and we're going to come back to it, and we're going to grieve later. 
And so that's why you see some people act cool and then they're not cool. It like just kind of flies up out of them. So Chris Rock. Oh my God. You think that's happening with him? No, it's what happened with Will. Will's taking all those L's. Yeah, he's, he's been a taking lot a lot of, of L's. But we're not talking about that. But I know. Yeah, that's, but that's what a, it comes down to. It's a cumulative loss. He's had cumulative losses. Yeah. On behalf of his little. His Go, little wife. move on. Loss. Um, loss, um, grief. <laughs> I said grief. What becomes important <laughs> when losses have become cumulative is an awareness that we need to make a concerted effort to begin the work of facing the reality of the loss. That and bitch. that's where it gets difficult. Leave her at. Oh, yeah. don't do it. We gotta, I got to delete that. This avoidance can't continue indefinitely. <laughs> you can't avoid it indefinitely. I am talking over the whispering because he keeps saying we're not talking about it. And then he keeps talking about it. So, anywho, we're not adding to the conversation, husband. So... Mm. Hmm. Um, so that's the little like fine print with cumulative loss that it's it's a given automatically because we're never really over when we lose someone that we love. So, so there you go. Number five on our list of seven, <laughs> Mr. JP. This one is called non finite or non finite. Non-finite? Non-finite. Finite. Here we go. Non-finite loss. You know, I'm a little little country bumpkin. Yes, infinite. There you go, non-finite. So, non-finite loss is when, um, when someone doesn't have the child, partner, job, or life that they want. They may experience, why you laugh? Because. (laughs) Non-finite grief. So, I'm going to just give you a little definition. And then. (laughs) It's a part of the grief. Yes. (laughs) Non-finite grief is something a person may carry with them for a long time. It continues as they struggle with trying to achieve their hopes and dreams, but continually finding that life falls short of their expectations. Is it life or them? Them in the life that they think they're trying to get. It might just be them. Them trying to run this life that they are not, that's not what they should be doing. Yes, they're trying to run themselves into something that that is not what you're supposed to be doing. Or the parents pushing the expectation. it upon Or the parents pushing it upon them. Right, that too. But that's still them agreeing to go into that life. Yep. But you're supposed to. Um, many things are out of the person's control and they then are struggling to find a new identity for themselves. Yep. Non-finite grief. So it says, when the world is bringing up a lot of dissonance between what you thought things would look like and what they do look like, you may be struggling with non-finite loss. So. I'm going to let you go. I had a lot of uh, our our last episode, episode twenty five. <laughs> talked down. a lot about uh, social media and relationships, and how those different relationships can uh, be impacted by certain social media, um, I guess, behaviors. And I think that non finite loss can be a, um, I think, can be a natural, a natural consequence of certain social media behaviors. Or just plain expectations with with some people, I think. Um, and I don't know quite how to get people to kind of come out of that. I don't know if I have any ex, any particular 
good advice for people who feel as if I'm trying to lead this life. It's just not happening. What do I need to do? Um, I don't know. And I don't want to say lower your expectations or lower your standards, but I think a lot of us sometimes need to just stop and take a good look around what we are doing and how we are doing it and determining if self-awareness. Yeah. And like self-perception is a mug, man. That thing will just slap you. Um, I think it's a good idea to just sort of, you know, take some take note of what exactly is going on in the light in your life and trying to make you know, tune up, make some different adjustments, change those frequencies that you're putting out because something is happening. And and I'm a big believer in energy and the energy that we receive is the energy we're putting out. And so I feel as if, if things are always going wrong in your life, it is you and what you're putting out. Energy is just a giant ass boomerang is going to just come spinning back around and go aim for your dome piece. So if you are like always like in drama and, you know, something's always happening in your family or something's always happening, you can't keep no job, you know, just bad, bad, bad on top of bad. It's probably the energy that that person is putting out and it's, you know, and it's creating the non-finite loss. Like it's feeling, oh, I can never get anything right. Because that's what that person is putting out into the universe. So I don't know. And I, I don't know, you know, I'm not a psychologist. We don't, you know, do this for a living. I'm not, you know, we're not monetized or anything. But I think it's just, you know, reading a really good book. There's so many good books out there about the energy that you put out. And I think that would be a good place to start. But you got to have a sense of self-awareness, too. People don't think that anything is wrong. They think it's just their life. They're living a non-finite grief experience and don't even know it so yeah how about that jp <laughs> i'm gonna go with what you said okay he's just gonna say ditto yep okay um butterflies in the sky <laughs> number six of our list of the seven different types of grief is anticipatory grief so anticipatory um This type of grief occurs before a potential loss. So what happens with anticipatory grief is anytime circumstances lead a person to think that death is a possibility, they may already start to grieve the aspects of the loss. They already start to sort of pre-grieve the person. Um, I know for a fact we did that when great granddaddy got sick and he he was fine, fine, fine. And then his dementia, my um, great grandpadad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, of course. And that's just the big, you know, it's kind of like it just kind of goes downhill from there. Um, so I think for us in our family at the time, he passed away in um, 2010. I feel like granddad died because he died right after Christmas because we were just, you know, let's get him. Let's go to Christmas. We're going to get him. We're going to have him for Christmas. We're going to have him for Christmas. Um, and he was 87 when he passed away of, of his, um, all of, of complications with Alzheimer's. That's essentially what it was. Um, but we, we had a, you know, family meeting, everyone was talking about it, what's going to be done. All of his affairs were in order because he was, um, a war veteran and he had a really good pension and, you know, everything was fine. So none of the financial things bothered us. It was just the fact that we knew 
that everything that we had known about granddad was, um, you know, going to become a memory very quickly. Um, so I think we pre grieved in anticipation of we knew that he wasn't going to last very long. He had gotten very verbally aggressive. Um, he was cussing grandma out and talking about the people in the room um, who we just took to be, you know, the, the spirits who were getting ready to take him home. Um, one second he would know you, the next second he wouldn't. In his mind, I always stayed in college because when he first was diagnosed, I went off to college. And so he, for the rest of my life, it was how school. And he would ask me that repeatedly. How school? How school? JP was always my dad. Like in his mind, he couldn't tell between the difference between my dad, Chris, and JP. So he would always talk, um, tell JP, you know, ask to JP, you know, Chris, how long you been in here? And my husband's such a, you know, sweet, sweet guy, you know, always very accommodating. He like, oh, I just got here. You know, JP never said, oh, I'm not. I'm not Chris. So, you know, it, I think we anticipatory, we experience a lot of anticipatory grief. Um, I have some going on now, you know, with the family. It's just one of those sort of like, you know, it's going bad. The doctors are saying it's not going to get better. So you have a, a moment where you just want go ahead and grieve. Like I went ahead and pre grieved my granddad. I had a moment, you know, just let it all just rip because, I knew that I wasn't going to have him anymore. So it made it, I don't know if it made it, it didn't make it easier when he left, but we had already prepped for it. So um, all it does is I think it elongates your grief, um, make it slower over time as opposed to all at once suddenly. It doesn't make it any easier and it can be complicated, I think, but for me, I think I would rather kind of draw it out and pre-grieve someone, especially if they're sick, than if I don't acknowledge it and try to ignore it and it kind of catches you off guard. So, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing, dude? My, I, no, I'm, I'm listening. You good? I'm, All right. Yeah, I was going to say mine is I wish I, I, wish I was dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish I was dumber and could have enjoyed the moment a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I would, I've been pre grieving since 2010. Since, so okay. it, it's weird because mm-hmm. well, yeah, it was our, it was our wedding. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew at the time that this would be it as far as mm-hmm. like the perfect day of having everybody. All our family was still alive. Then we were there. And yep. I was like, this is not going to happen again, which added mm-hmm. which added to me crying. Oh, man. So yeah, you didn't tell I, me. I wish I didn't think like that. But yeah. just just the snapshot that we got <sighs> in, that, in that room, mm-hmm. I knew that that, that was it. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen again. And, yeah. and it has not. Yeah, we lost. And it's it's a it's a, it's, it's a continuous people. thing. But like I said, I can tie it back to 2010 to that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, because we got that like birds eye. We got a couple birds eye view pictures, and we can point. We can literally point out who's who's here and who's not who's not here anymore. So yeah, yeah. All right, anticipatory uh, grief is a ugh, man. It sucks. Things like that. I know, but I mean. Yeah, I know. I was going to say we had some older members. No, they weren't even that old at the time. So, mm. it's all right. I mean, 
I think when you have, I mean, we're aging. And so our parents are aging. Our grandparents are aging. Everybody's aging. So we know we're not going to have them forever. So you sort of kind of get your, try to get yourself together for that because you never know what's going to happen. Like, I just, we don't know. So you just try to. Try to make do with what you got. It's so, like, man, so it's not going to last forever. I, was, I, I guess I was actually more so. I say I wasn't in the moment, but I was I was actually I was actually in the moment. You were by, in the moment. By thinking at that. Yeah, this was, that this is this significant. Is per- this is perfect. Yeah, man. Because yeah, we even if we still had them here, we never would have had them all in one place. Right. Because my I have family from here who live in Michigan and, you know, I have family who live in Atlanta who wouldn't have met my Illinois family. Like it just. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. So when we always have our pictures, we have our pictures and we can pretty much mentally map that whole day from our memory. So and that's important. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's talk about those last one. Last one. Uh, seven. Number seven of the list. Number seven is disenfranchised grief. And this is where is this racist. No, it's not. <laughs> Disenfranchised is not necessarily racism related at this in this context, sweetie. Okay, you sure? Um, Because I can. No, no, no. We don't have to. It's sorry. What's up, man? How you doing? If you or someone you know been a victim of fuckboy or all right, go ahead. Oh Lord, help me. I'm gonna start playing the commercial more. You should. It's funny. We're going to record some more, by the way. Um, disenfranchised grief. And then this is this is another one that's just like COVID, 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 COVID um, is when a person feels denied the right to grieve, um, whether by family, friends, community or society on the whole. Um, when a loss is disenfranchised, it means the grieving person isn't getting the support or the validation they need for their grief. So, for instance, um, my main example is when we as a society were going deep into COVID and we weren't allowed to have more than a certain number of people in the funeral home. We weren't allowed to have services. Right. People couldn't have funerals. People couldn't bury their their dead essentially. And that's one thing to be a person, to be a mammal, to be a human is the ability for us to mourn the loss of our family and bury our dead and actually celebrate their home going. Cause that's why we have home going services at one point in COVID when you know COVID was like ramped up, we couldn't even have home going. So I feel for like, I think about, you know, family members that I know of, like when my, my aunt and uncle passed away, he passed away in March, um, 2020. And so what happened with that is that, of course, they we kind of got smashed into, oh, well, you guys, you know, we can't really have a funeral because, you know, we can't have more than X number of people safely inside of a room because of COVID. My dear cousin had to endure that she lost her father and then lost her mother at the, you know, essentially at the same time, if you want to be real. And could not necessarily have the services that they deserve to have because, you know, for their home going. So a lot of people I'm talking. I mean, we lost millions of people, millions of people take off on spaceships and we can't mourn them the way we would normally mourn them as a society. That hurt. Right. That is that is some deep hurt. That's that's what it's meant by disenfranchised. 
Um, The impact of the person experiencing it is alienation, invalidation to some, you know, left or right degree. They feel ashamed. They feel weak. They feel, you know, angry. Right. And so um, it's I guess it's sort of the same impact as would a disenfranchised in terms of, you know, race, gender, um, nationality, ethnicity, those sorts of things would be. For us, it was just, you know, a, a lot for a lot of people of home going service is a way to say it's OK to go home. It's, it's OK. You know, we're here. Look, we're celebrating you. Your spirit is above us now. This is your body. Go home. You know, we will see you soon. So for people who couldn't have that, it was almost as if you're forcing their spirit to still be here. And we just put them in the ground, basically, and couldn't have a service like that's a lot. Like, I don't want to think of a time where I won't be able to mourn the loss of my family members the way they deserve to be mourned. So so that's what's meant by by disenfranchised loss. So and when you don't feel like you have a support system, which me saying it out loud feels sounds awful. Like, I don't I'm pretty sure someone's going through this. That, oh, you lost a child who loses their father, even though they didn't have a close relationship with their father. They can still grieve the loss of that man. That's the person who brought them into this world. But baby mama's like, "Mm -mm, you you don't need to worry about him. Don't even worry about him. Stop crying about that man. He ain't even want you. That's an invalidation of that baby's feelings. Right. Because they don't you can't tell someone how to grieve for, for another person. So. So that's another form of disenfranchised loss. Compassion. Mm. Compassion. Yes. Compassion. It's life. Is, life is, is life. Has become disenfranchised because. Dude, oof. We don't have it. We've become, we've become isolated and we've, we've lost human. We've lost human interaction. How many mm-hmm. times have somebody coughed or sneezed and you looked at them? Mm-hmm. Like, like had, how dare you like sneeze? Like they had the polio or the plague. Yeah, yeah. how dare you now. sneeze around me? Even yeah. with a mask on, they'll look at you like you just mm-hmm. lit they ponytail on fire. You just burnt my yakky. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they what they look like. Yeah, how dare you sneeze? Yeah, there's is basic basic human compassion mm-hmm. is gone. Mm-hmm. I see it in middle schoolers. I mean, we thought we. I mean, everybody knows it's a, it's a given. 12, 13, 14, 15, that age range, y'all, is when their brains grow more than their entire lives. So children, I mean, and my people who have pre-teenagers, pre-teens, this is why they act the way they do. Their brains are growing faster than their bodies know what to do. So they're constantly hormonal because of the constant, the hormones change every day. We're talking every 24 hours, y'all. Hormones are changing. Bodies are changing. They don't know what to say, what to think, what to do at any given moment. That's just the unpredictability of a middle schooler. Add on that loss of social compassion. Social compassion is gone. So I have a situation where I have a room full of students who literally are clawing at each other's throats because they don't have compassion. And it's the same thing that JP is saying. They not only are experiencing all these factors that they can't control, right? COVID, police are shooting us. My mama lost her job. Grandma, grandpa, auntie died. Blah, 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 blah. These are all things that, you know, children can't really control. But add on, I don't like you because, 
and, and I can't tell you I don't like you. So I'm just going to say, you know, in the language that I know, I just say, fuck you to your face and put up the bird when the That's teacher word. turn around. That's what they do, though. Like and, and, and it's OK, because for 18 months straight, they were stuck in the house talking to each other on the Internet. So on the Internet, I can say, you know, F you and put the bird up and you won't say nothing back. I'm going to do the same thing in your face. And so now you got a problem. So now we have a series of kids who are expelled because they don't know how to behave. So it's the same thing that compassion, but disenfranchisement in society, not only for just children, but adults as well. We have adults who, like JP said, we can't sneeze or we can't cough. They automatically think you have COVID because you coughed because it's allergy season, right? So that's just a slight aside. I went off track, but I mean... It's all the same thing. People don't have compassion. Mm-hmm. We can't mourn. We can't grieve. We have another problem. And then, of course, that sets off another uh, another mental illness um, crisis that we have in our country. We don't take care of our mental capacities. We don't take care of our mentally incapacitated people. And so we just add it on to the crop. And we don't do nothing about it. So, so yeah, I want to know. I went on a rampage. Sorry, babe. That is okay. I'm very passionate about kids. (laughs) So I'm like, man. Another satisfying racial moment. Thank you, husband. Oh, man. So, what do I say? (laughs) I don't have anything to say after that one. So those are the seven types of grief. <laughs> I know we're trying to lighten it up, y'all. On uh, all honesty, it's it's rough talking about loss and grief. We know these things impact us, right? So we don't need to go into the the rabbit hole of the fact how of how grief can manifest itself in your relationship because it's it becomes walk and talk, and it's like a little. It's like another little person in your house, basically. When someone, if you have a spouse who was going through a grief, they're going to do one of two things, like realistically. They're either going to grip and hold onto you and be clingy and hurtful and tearful. And, you know, I need to talk about this over and over and over because they're processing it, right? They're processing it and they're trying to make, um, they're trying to make answers appear, right? They're going to either do that or they're going to distance. They're going to go way out into the field and they're going to live out there and you're going to be by yourself. They're going to be like snippy. Leave me alone. They're going to cuss. They're going to fight you. They're going to be like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Leave me alone. Perfect Patty messed up. Get out of my face. I don't want to do any of this. I thought I had put the seatbelt on and I didn't. You know, it's going to be a lot of that. So they're going to do left or right at any given moment. And so I think essentially what you need to do is just let them know that you're there for them. And just kind of stand by for whatever can happen. Because I think people can vacillate between the two. I think somebody can be at one point losing somebody can be grieving and be like, oh, my God, hold me. And the next second be like, no, get away from me. I don't want to talk to anybody. Everybody leave me alone. I want to die. Right. So I think it's just important to keep the communication lines completely open and be ready for any up and down and then if they, you know if that person if they need therapy y'all therapy is not a kiss of death please go get them some help because people really really are hurting like and hurt hurt is it's, it's growing legs and arms now and hurt is is something that can completely change I have had friends divorce over grief 
perfectly fine, solid relationships, been together since high school and college. They lost somebody in their lives and never came out of that and straight up divorced. And their entire lives got tip topped upside down because they had secondary losses, right? Cumulative loss ambiguous loss and all of this just kind of slammed on on top of them and they've you know they never found a way out of it and I don't want you know our listeners to have to live alone and be alone especially when you're grieving somebody so y'all just just get somebody to talk to whether it's your pastor because they you know generally they're you know less expensive than you know going out and seeking out someone professional but if you need somebody professional y'all y'all better make that budget work Try to go and get some help and get somebody to help, you know, help as soon as possible, because grief is is something that we're going to have to go through. You know, it's one of the parts of life is grieving, losing and grieving. And so having somebody there um, is going to make it, you know, it's not going to make it easier, but it's going to make it bearable so that you can take one foot and and step in front of the other. Yeah, Let it out. Mm -hmm. Let it out. Even if you sound like this. That's why I'm not thinking anything. I may not. You won't say something. You won't say something. I'm here for you. Let it out. Let that shit out. I mean, we like we 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 sound like that sometimes, and that's probably and that can be every day for three months. You gonna be like, oh Lord, here they go. But I bet you sit right there and give them that shoulder, like they need that shoulder, dude. You have these queued up. <laughs> so I am a professional. Hey, uh-huh. oh, I can man. do your podcast. <laughs> if you are interested in starting a podcast, holler at me. He's not lying. I'm becoming a better and better producer. He is. He's doing very well. I'm very proud, uh, Mrs. JP here. Um. So yeah, I mean that's you know we don't want to drive it into the ground. It's just kind of where we are in in the subject. Um, so there's seven types of grief, y'all. Each one of them is 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 important to note. Um, so I would say do some research. There is available the different types is available on the internet. You know, look at those reputable sources, please. Make sure you know who you're uh, reading, and just take heed and, and know that you're not by yourself. That we are out here everyone has had a loss whether they have been impacted directly or indirectly if they've had you know disenfranchised grief everything is out there and you know you're not you're not by yourself seek out some help find somebody to talk to y'all um and take care of take care of yourself it's it's real out here so yeah <sighs> <sighs> yeah that simultaneous sigh mm-hmm. yeah man Anything else we want to add for our listeners? I'm I'm good. I think we're good. This is all again one of those those therapies. I'm getting more and more stuff off me. Yeah, man. The pod. There you go. We we're in therapy here. Uh, So thank you all for listening. As always, we're so grateful for our listeners. Uh, We are available on all forms of social media. And one, two, three, and Gmail. Hey. You think YouTube Get well, not there. yet. Mm-mm. Oh, for music. Finish, girl. You supposed to go to the beat. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Get I'm well, listening. <laughs> Paintedfullpot at gmail.com is our primary form of communication, as well as uh, Facebook. Uh, hot man. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Taste the soup. <laughs> Taste the soup. TikTok. <laughs> 
Twitter. Oh my God, I can't even think. Should I say Hotmail? Lord, help us. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. <laughs> Go back to the music. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Peace out. <laughs>